Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We just come around your table, we come around your word, Lord, and uh, pray, Holy Spirit, you just continue to seep in, as it were. Just fill us afresh, fill us anew, Lord. Fill us with your love and with your grace. Just anoint the listener as well as the speaker, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Thank you so much for leading us. Please ignore the thing going off and on. It's just the connection. It's very frustrating, but we're going to get it right one day. We're going to have a system that works. Easy to set up. So we're looking at the new covenant, if you've been listening into some of the talks I've been doing. Um, and at the table, at the communion, at the Last Supper, Jesus said, this is this blood, uh, or this is the new covenant in my blood. So he actually brought in the new covenant for us uh, at the cross. And one of the first talks I did was actually, you know, if your name is written in the will, you want to find out what's in it. And Jeremiah prophesied four things that the new covenant would declare and the writer to the book of Hebrews in chapter 8 quoted it. And it's tremendous. It's, it says, I'll write my law upon your hearts and upon your minds. And we looked at that as the transformation of, of um, our thinking and our being. He said, I'll be your God and you'll be my people. And we saw that as being God giving us an, an undivided heart. And the third one, he says, is this, that you won't teach your neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because all will know me from the least to the greatest. And the last one, he says, I will forgive their sins and remember their iniquities no more. So this morning, we're going to focus on the third item, if you like, of our inheritance, which is this promise of God for intimacy, to know him. Uh, and of course, that's such a big topic, and you'll just have to forgive me for kind of just honing in on a particular thought. Um, but this is the promise that all will know me. Um, and of course, so much in, in what Jesus did was kind of looking forward to that day when uh, he comes and, and, and fulfills everything that's in the heart of God. And this idea that all will know me from the least to the greatest uh, is what the prophets spoke of in Isaiah 11, verse 9, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk 2 says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There isn't a difference between those two verses, by the way, because the glory of the Lord is, is the Lord, and all your children will be taught by the Lord. And one of the things, I don't know why, I'm one of these kind of, I'm a definite landlubber, but I love being by the sea. Not so keen being on the sea. <laughs> like stuff under my feet. So we had that picture this morning where it's about, 
the boat. It's so good we've got an engine. But, uh, yeah, so this is the coastline we've just been at, which is kind of around St. David's area. And you just stand and you look at the sea, and the thing you love about it is it doesn't have an end to it when you actually can look out and just see the horizon, and, and, and everything's covered by water. And, and the water doesn't just superficially cover the sea. The water covers the sea in a great depth. Yeah? You must love the sea, Joanna. Do you love the sea? Yeah. But the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. That, that's God's heart. That's God's intention. That's, that's, that's what the new covenant initiated. And although he's brought it in, it's not yet complete. You may have heard this expression a lot. It's now, but it's not yet. There's, there's something ginormous that's coming, but there's something already infinitely valuable that he's already given us. And the, the tension between the, if you like, the now of the knowledge being, being filled, filling the earth, and, and so the future of filling the earth and the now, is, is that God has brought the reality of this new covenant into place through the Holy Spirit today. So this promise that all shall know me is a promise through God's Spirit um, for each of us uh, to experience the reality of it. And, and the reason is that Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to disclose him to us. Um, just, just leave this picture with you a little bit longer. Just, just the concept of the water covering the seas or, or, or the place of the seas at, at its depth and, and of the knowledge of the glory of God. Um, kind of eternal life is, is knowing him. And, and, and you might kind of struggle with that, but God is so, <laughs> so big, so high, so tall, that just kind of discovering him and, and understanding him is, 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 is life-giving. So when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into the truth. He won't speak of his own. He'll speak only what he hears He'll tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because um, it is from me he will receive and he will make known. So the Holy Spirit is, is being given to us as this earnest, this promise of, 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 of a future something that is going to be so significant but, but as an indication that there is a present reality. And there is a present reality in everyone in the kingdom knowing God. And that is the... That is the essence of being in the kingdom of God is that you know God. And if you said, I'm going to do a talk about knowing God, you'd think, well, kind of how long have you got? So it's going to be kind of focusing on one particular thing. But we use this word know in English in, in a kind of, when it comes to people in two kind of overlapping ways. There's a, there's a no meaning knowledge or information when you know about someone. And there's a no in the sense that you have a relationship with them. And, and the two kind of do work together and, and overlap, but they are not the same thing. It's very useful in getting to know somebody in a relationship that you know things about them. Yeah? Because that kind of informs your relationship. It's very important that there are things about God that we know and understand because that informs our relationship 
with him. But knowing about someone is, although useful, it can't replace actually knowing somebody yourself. And I was thinking about somebody that we all know about but don't know. Um, and I thought about our Prime Minister, all right, Theresa May. So I think I know quite a lot about her. Um, I know, and it gives me some idea what she's like, yeah? So what do I know about her? I know that she's roughly my age, which I find very challenging. So she goes on holiday, a walking holiday, and meets the President of France. <laughs> Has a little chat. <laughs> I go on a walking holiday. I don't want to meet the President of France. <laughs> so... Um, She's the daughter of a vicar, she's married, she has no children, she loves cooking. I heard her say that she has 150 cookbooks. So she's someone that enjoys flicking the pages. She enjoys walking and watching a program that I don't know called NCIS as a way of relaxation. <laughs> Tom, you and the Prime Minister, you're in it together, mate. So I know she's tenacious, she's hardworking, and so I could build up this picture of, of, of what she's like. But, but actually, I don't know her. Um, and she doesn't know me. And that's a really important point because um, to know someone, there has to be a, a mutuality, there has to be a, a connection, there has to be a, a two-way thing. So uh, when we came to, to know God, Paul says, when you came to know God, or actually be known by God, because there's a kind of mutuality of relationship. So when you know someone, actually, there's a consistency with what you know about them and their person. So I know quite a lot about Theresa May, but I don't know her. When I, if I was to meet her, there were some things I know about her that I might have to adjust and change. But when you do know someone, what you know about them and, and them sort of come together, they coincide. So uh, I know my wife, Joy, all right? Sometimes, and I underline the word sometimes, Sometimes I can sense what she's thinking. I can feel her mood. I know her spirit. I know her inner thoughts. I can read, sometimes, a glance of her eyes. I can understand an unspoken level of communication. It's quite important. I can understand an unspoken level of communication because I know her intimately. That can only come from experience Time spent observing, listening, communicating, seeking to understand. So that it's like a spiritual connection. It's, it's not an intellectual connection alone. There's a, there's, a, there's a joining. And even then it's imperfect because we are imperfect beings. So why I'm saying this is that in this new covenant, God has called us into this place of relationally knowing him. And it's through God's spirit to our spirit in a sense that we know him, we can share his thoughts, we can understand his heart. The intimacy is an overused word, um, a great simple def definition, it's into me see. But what God has done at the cross through Jesus is led us to see into himself. Let us to see into himself, to know him, to show us the Father. So the public 
communication about God and the personal reality and experience coincide and they come together. So Jesus made this incredible statement that knowing God is life, is eternal life. Our relationship with God is this foretaste of an even deeper relationship of knowing him in the age to come. So this relationship, this knowing of God, is is not a one-way traffic of petitions and prayers to this great cosmic fixer in the sky. God does hear our cry and answer our prayers, but he broke, he tore the veil, if you will, He's that his spirit might live within us and, and that we might know him. This is the new covenant that all shall know him. You won't say to, even to the least of the ones, know the Lord, because all will know me. So this is the new covenant that I will write my laws, my thoughts upon their hearts and their minds. And I just was challenging myself, when was the last time I asked God what he was, was on his mind? <laughs> what his thoughts about something were? Uh, because this is really quite important to this, this whole kind of walking with God. And Paul prays in Colossians, first of his prayers I'm going to show you, we continue to ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. We continue to pray that God will fill you with his thoughts through wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. There's just a number of things in, in that prayer. Um, just that last bit is that growing in the knowledge of God. So it's not static. It's, it's not everything is like communicated at once, but there's, there's a relationship that has an increasing awareness in knowing God. And there's this prayer that we would, we would, we would be filled with this knowledge of his will, of his thoughts, through the wisdom that the Spirit gives. That, and because of that, we want to live a wife you know, worthy of the Lord and please him. And, you know, the only way to please God is, um, is to know his heart and walk by faith, which is trust in him. It's not that God kind of has remotely set the whole thing up and, and gone on holiday. God is so intimately involved in us and with our lives. And, and just this call is to know him and to have this relationship. And, and Peter says the same thing, but grow in the grace and knowledge of God. So, there's a continuousness, there's, there's, there's an increase um, in knowing God and knowing his thoughts and knowing his hearts, knowing his heart. But the call is, 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 is for this, this sense of, 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 of knowing him and growing in knowing him. So, you might say, well, how can I know God, <laughs> right? Um, and I would say that you do know him if you've been found in him, yeah? So the first of two things I'm just going to share is, is this, that we know God because he has revealed himself to us in the face of Jesus Christ. Um, this is a well-known verse which I love for God who said, light shall shine out of darkness has made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. So God shone through his spirit light into our hearts. And, and we saw him. We saw his glory and his eternal attributes. We saw the glory of God is one of those incredible verse, words that kind of 
seeks to sum up everything that God is. His glory is his attributes, his character, his wisdom, his, his, his own knowledge of everything, uh, his creative power, his, 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 um, his judgments. Everything that God is, is his glory. It, it, it's just the manifestation of God. Um, and, and he says, Light shall shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. So it's knowing God, and that light of the knowledge um, is in the face of Jesus Christ. And it's shone in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So how do we know God more? We know God more by looking at the face of Jesus Christ, looking into him, because no one has seen the Father. You know this verse, don't you? But the one and only Son who is himself God is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. This isn't just informational knowledge about Jesus. This is somehow transformational knowledge and, and experiential knowledge that when Jesus came um, opening physical blind eyes, he was also opening spiritual blind eyes by his Spirit. Um, another one of my favorite verses is this. We know the Son of God has come given us an understanding that we might know him who is true and we're in him who is true by being in his son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So the son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we might know him who is true and we're in him who is true in his son Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, dear children, keep yourself from idols because the knowledge of God is always up against the knowledge of something else. There's always a conflict. There's always a tension. And, and, and Jesus has given us this, this understanding of the Father. And you might say, well, you know, how does that work? Well, it works through the Holy Spirit. And it, and it works because we're more than intellects. It works because we're more than um, flesh and blood. We are spirit, and God is spirit, and he's incredibly speaking into our spirits to reveal himself. So let me just try to ex explain in my own experience this. That, um, so when I was 17, um, uh, I gave my life to the Lord, just simply prayed the prayer, wanted to pray the prayer. <laughs> um, did I want, and I said yes, and, and I prayed the prayer, and I knew that, that I knew when I prayed and, and asked God into my life and repented of my sin and confessed it and, and asked for him to forgive me, I knew on that day that I knew God. I knew him. Maybe it was naive, maybe it was initial, maybe it was simple, but you couldn't tell me that I didn't know him because I just met him. And he, he touched me in my spirit. And the Bible tells us that when we're joined to the Lord, we're, we're one spirit with him, that there was a communication, there was an awareness that God was and God is. And I met him. And what I've discovered since, and if you know how old I am, you know how long ago that was. But it's, it's 40 plus now. It's probably 45 plus. But the one I met then is the one I know now. I think that's really, really important. 
the one I met then is the one I know now. I've grown in that knowledge of God, but only in the sense of building on a foundation. I met God through Jesus on the cross, the one who loved me and gave himself for me to wash me from my sins and make me his. That's the good news, the gospel, and it won't change. And he doesn't change. Yeah? So, you haven't missed a special revelation. (laughs) You haven't missed secret knowledge. Yeah? God has made himself known to you by the Spirit, and you do know him. And John says these words, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. You all know the truth. You have that anointing. Now, how did that happen? I don't know, but the whole point of God breaking, tearing the veil <laughs> was to come and live inside you and to teach you. And we are, we are have entered into this new covenant that he promised that you shall all know me from the least to the greatest. And, 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 and how do we know him? We know him through so many different things, through many different experiences, through his word, through his spirit, through worship, declaring the words of God, declaring the words of God through teaching, through fellowship. But, but we know him. And the, prayer, the second prayer of the apostle is, is here that I just want to ask, is I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. It's not a question of saying that you don't know him. It's a question of saying, grow in knowing him. Increase in knowing him. That, that, not that you don't have the spirit of wisdom and revelation because without it you would never have come to know him. So when I, quote, gave my heart to Christ, what happened was the spirit of wisdom and revelation just came into my life. The one I didn't know, I, I then did know. Yeah? I became wise. Not with the wisdom of this age because the wisdom of this age has not come to know God. But I came wise with the wisdom that the Spirit gives, that the one I didn't know, I now know. Yeah? Isn't that wonderful? And Paul just says, I'm praying that the the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, and it's like an increase of the Spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You have an anointing to know him. You have the Spirit of wisdom and revelation And he's praying more, more clarity, more understanding, more focus to know him better. Praise the Lord. This is the new covenant. (laughs) I, I believe passionately in the forgiveness of sins. And without the forgiveness of sins, we can't even go through the door. But the new covenant, and I hesitate to say this, is is more than the forgiveness of sins. It's knowing God. It's having his law written on your heart and upon your mind. It's him walking with you, I will be your God. It's him transforming your emotions and your affections and you will be my people. It's him taking out the heart of stone and creating in us a heart of flesh. So when we come, Jesus says, I longed, I longed to have this meal with you. You know, it's, it's, it's the purpose that God took the people out of Egypt that they would be his people and, and he would be their God. That all the nations would know that 
um, would know that, that they belonged to him and he belonged to them. And, and this is what this new covenant is, is, does have at its heart. Um, it's a heart of relationship. Now, Paul's first prayer was that you know, God would fill you with a spirit of wisdom and, and, and understanding that, um, that you might live a life worthy of the Lord, that you might please him in all respects. Um, I don't want to talk too much about our relationship, but the only way that we can please each other is by knowing each other, by kind of walking together. So this, this walking with God and knowing his heart, knowing his mind, and knowing his thoughts, Father, what is it that you think about this? And, 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 and can you reveal your heart to me on, on these matters? It is, is, um, is what it means to walk with God. It's what it means to walk with God. Enoch walked with God. Doesn't tell much about Enoch, but you know, the more we think about it, the more we, we know that he somehow tapped into the heart of God. And it says that he was not because God took him. And then Hebrews tells us that before God took him, he had this witness in himself that he was pleasing to God. That's grace. That's favor. That's relationship. And that's the call of um, God for the church. That we'll have a witness that we're pleasing to him before he takes us home. So I'm tempted. Shall I resist the temptation or go with that? I resist it. I was going to be distracted to talk about the rapture just for a minute there, but I won't. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> well, some people don't believe in the rapture, but the thing is, it's, it's already happened twice. <laughs> And it will happen again. <laughs> and it's nothing to do with us. But before it happens, it's happened twice because Enoch was raptured and Elijah was raptured. Yeah. Some people say it's a very strange thing. It's a very strange thing. But God does strange things. So. Anyway. Sorry about that. <laughs> just ignore that. <laughs> so... The point was, it's just this, this call to know, this call to, to, to be. And it, it's not somebody else's revelation or somebody else's walk. It's, it's your walk. It's your revelation. It's your intimacy. It's your knowing of God. They shall all know me from the least to the greatest. And that is the covenant. That is the agreement. And firstly and foremost, we, we, we know God through this incredible person of Jesus Christ. No man has ever seen the Father but... Jesus Christ has come from the Father and he's fully revealed him. If you want to know God, pursue Jesus. He, he, he is the one. And as I said, it's not just informational knowledge because somehow, because he's the Son of God, he gives us this understanding. It, it's not... You know when you read something and, and, um, or, or you hear something you just get that sense that the person speaking and the person knowing kind of knows. <laughs> and then you read something else and you sense, no, it's all just in the head. It has to be in the head. <laughs> I'm passionate about the head. All right? I believe in study. I believe in intellectual challenge. But I know that there has to be this transference from the head 
to the heart. And the Holy Spirit does that. And fellowshipping with Jesus does that. And when we look at who he is, the spirit of truth just kind of makes him known. And, 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 and he makes his, as he makes him known, he kind of challenges us to be transformed to be like him. It's like, oh, isn't that interesting? God's like that. Uh, isn't it interesting? God's got such a heart of compassion for, for people. Well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> wow. Do you know God's got such a heart of compassion for people? That's very interesting, isn't it? It doesn't work like that. When you see God has such a heart of compassion for people, it kind of challenges your heart, and you go, Lord, just change my heart. <laughs> Give me that compassion too. Yeah, that's the way it works. He's, 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 he's gracious, he's compassionate, he's long-suffering. And the Holy Spirit does, does the same thing. So they're just so consistent. So we receive the Holy Spirit, he's the one who disclosed the Father. And it's the Spirit of God who... This is quite a difficult passage, but it's just an amazing passage. I'm just going to read it slowly to you. These things, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their spirit within them? That's why I said this whole kind of almost relationship with a person that you're close to is, is somehow a spiritual relationship as well as a physical one because knowing someone's thoughts is actually about a spiritual connection. So who knows a person's thought except their spirit within them? In the same, one, same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us, that we may understand the thoughts of God. Those thoughts, those promptings, those kind of meditations that you have, you know, they're, 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 they're love songs from heaven. They're, they're kind of messages coming in. And we just need to be so open in our heart to hear them. Yeah? Are we together on this? Praise the Lord. And let me just close by saying this. The knowledge of God, knowing God, is guided and always in agreement with the word of God. We are so blessed having the scriptures. Honestly, we are. So I think Mel said to me the other day, you know, you know, how do we teach the children to hear God? And I knew exactly what she was saying. But my first response was always, read the Bible. <laughs> you want to hear God? Read the Bible. Believe it. Believe that. Honestly, believe that. I've been reading the prophets the last couple of weeks, just hearing God's heart all the time. He says, my, speaking about Israel, he says, my heart is, is overwhelmed within me. It's like he kind of reveals himself. He says, I will, I will sing over you with joy in Zephaniah. You know, you just hear the heart of God all the time. He said, it was me. You know, we've got some young grandchildren and been on holiday with Ezra, who's, you know, five months, six months, and you, sometimes you hand him up and you just see if he's got enough strength in his legs to walk. And then you read Hosea, and he says, it was I who held you by the hand, hands and taught you how to walk. You think God is just, wow. <laughs> he said, I've drawn you with, 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 with cords of loving kindness. You know, when, when he said, when you, when you were in Egypt, um, uh, you know, I called you as my child, as my son. You know, I called you out as sons. And you go, Wow, God's heart is, is just so revealed through his word. It's, and, and the knowledge of God is always consistent with his word. It, 
and it's his wisdom. It, it's pure, it's not manipulative, it's holy, it's self-giving, it's generous, it's patient, it's reasonable, it's kind, it's full of mercy, it's gentle, it's faithful. The knowledge of God is always consistent with who God is, which is what I said that you know, his knowing about and knowing just, just comes together. Yeah? The Spirit of God reveals who, who God is, and it's a conflict with the Spirit of the world. It's a conflict with the Spirit of the world. The Spirit of the world wants to have man at the center or wishes, wishes his spirit to be at the center. In James 4, verses 4 and 5, is very clear about this, that the spirit within us earnestly or jealously desires that knowledge of purity. So there's a choice to be made, a battle to be won. The knowledge of God grows as we invest in it and renounce, if you like, the world's wisdom, and we choose his anointing, and we trust it. The knowledge of God is, is something to be longed for and sought after. It's, it's, it's so rich, it's so colorful, it's, it's going to fill everything as the waters cover the sea. But now he's put that knowledge within his spirit and he's put that spirit within us. It's beyond everything. It's a great treasure. It's the greatest treasure to know him. No one is allowed to start singing that song <laughs> knowing you, Jesus, all right? You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> but as we know him, the Holy Spirit challenges us and works in us to be like him. His glory and his power and his self-giving love have all been revealed in Jesus at the cross. So as we just take communion together, and, and I just would just ask you just to remember that the veil was torn, that the blood was shed, that we might know him. And it's, it's, it's not right to say we don't know him because we do know him. It, we may not like have degree level knowledge and that's not important. It's really not important. It can be quite a hindrance because we have to be humble ourselves, become like children to, to really know him. But we do know him and, and I really want you to confess that in your heart this morning that I know God because he has revealed himself to me by his spirit through the person of Jesus Christ. And if you've got time, just learn 1 John 5 verse 20. The Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. The Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we might know him who is true and we're in him who is true. Even Jesus Christ, his Son. And and then he says, and keep yourself from idols. Why did he put that there? Because there's a tension between the idol that lifts itself up, the self-idol or the, or the kind of, and just this pure knowledge of God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you that simply you want us to know you, and, and, and that's life. That's life itself. The day is going to come, Lord, when the knowledge of your glory is going to fill the earth as the water covers the sea. But today, Lord, by your Spirit, just come. Release that spirit of wisdom and revelation in our hearts that we might know you even better. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you reveal to us the thoughts of God. No man knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit within him.
even so we have received the Spirit of God that we might know the things freely given to us. So Lord, Holy Spirit, thank you. As we just take the bread and and, and the cup, just open up our hearts to know you more, Lord. This great treasure of knowing you. And thank you, Lord, this is such a part of the new covenant that all may know me. From the least, from the children, from the almost, as they even just begin to, to walk and talk, they can know you, Lord. And to the oldest of us, Lord, that we can know you. And knowing you, Lord, is life. Thank you. Amen. So as we break the bread, Jesus said, this is my body that is uh, given for you. It's for you. The night he was betrayed, Paul tells us he, 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 he broke the bread and he said, this is my body for you. As long as we eat this bread and, and um, drink the cup, we show 